may be seated. And the way the Lord fits us for heaven is by his going to the cross and by his suffering pangs of hell and soul for our sins. And that's how he fits us for heaven. So let's keep that in mind. Let's not make this a sentimental season, if you know what I mean. Let's make it a spiritual one, because it is that, first and foremost, to the glory of God. Now we're uh, going to consider uh, this passage that was read earlier by myself, uh, and I entitled it, I even shortened the title down from what it was sent out to The Manger, The Manger. That's the message for this morning. Now, what we just sang, away in the manger, no crib for a bed. You know what the crib is. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the bright sky looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. Away, away from his home in heaven. On the road to earth, as it were. In fact, just arrived. He was away from the comforts of his earthly home as well, Nazareth, where he would later grow up into manhood. This is borne out by verses 4 and 5. Dr. Luke, the author, notes three times that Jesus was laid in the manger, that is. In verses 7, 12, and 16. 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. 12. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And 16. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. That was the babe lying in the manger, not Mary, Joseph, and the babe. That's supposed to be a joke, but anyway. <laughs> okay. Three things to know about this manger. Three. First, it identifies the place where Jesus was born. That's verse 12. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. It was one of humble circumstances indeed, or beginnings indeed. His earthly roots, Joseph, was of a kingly lineage according to Matthew 1.1. It says, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, son of David, son of Abraham. He was a carpenter by trade. Not much was said about him or the quality of his, of his uh, construction company. But he did train his son, Jesus, the one who would be the carpenter, who is the carpenter of the world, the builder of the world. How to be a carpenter or a mason after his kind. He provided for his family. He protected Mary and the baby Jesus by taking them to Egypt until King Herod died and the coast was clear for him, for them to return. Mary was highly favored and greatly blessed. In Luke 1, 30 to 32. I'll read it to you. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And that's the best favor of all, by the way. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and 
bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. So not only, according to Matthew, was the adopt, his adopted father Joseph to call him Jesus, but Mary is to call her son Jesus as well. By another angel, perhaps even the same angel. Gabriel, Michael, we're not sure. It doesn't say. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. The prince of peace was far away from his heavenly palace. As it says in 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That he through his poverty might be rich. So he came down to bestow his wealth personally. Personally. In the, in the flesh. To his children. It wasn't enough that he was sent it like, you know, we send things FedEx, you know, or UPS. He personally brought gifts. I recall in reading some of the old bulletins how our church gave gifts to the Philippines. And there was one typhoon that, uh, that flooded a, a city, again, the Oro which is the, uh, the river of gold. That's what it's called. That's what it translates. Beautiful place. And, and uh, there was one church there that was into almsgiving. They would set up, they would set up um, uh, like a camp right on the church property and invite the poor and the needy to stay there as long as they, they needed to and would provide food for them. So anyway, our money was being used for that purpose. Can you believe that? That, that was indeed a blessing. That was a blessing all the way around. But that's the blessing of our Lord. That's the blessing that has come down from glory, from the heavenly palace of Jesus. And he was born, he was born in a manger. It was not a sanitary hospital like many of us were born into. I know I was, anyway. Um, neither in the safe and clean confines of his home, which is where many would be born back in those times, right? It was while Joseph and pregnant Mary were on the road when she gave birth in a cave in the outskirts of Bethlehem. For there was no room for them in the inn. It says in verse 12, again, there shall be a sign unto you you shall find the babe wrapped in swathing clothes, lying in a manger. Many mangers in Bethlehem, by the way. This was the only one that was turned into a baby crib. And not just any baby, but Jesus, God's only begotten son. Away in the manger, no crib for a bed. It was not a pretty bassinet in a blue-colored baby room of his own that he was born into. Instead, he was laid in a feeding trough or box for cows and pigs and horses and the like. This pretty much set the tone for his earthly life and ministry. It says in Matthew eight twenty, And Jesus said unto him, The foxes have holes, and birds of the earth have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And I don't think this means only that at that particular time of, of his ministering the word of God with his disciples that they didn't have a place to sleep that night. But I think it was fairly common that he slept out 
in the open under the stars and and uh, and that was his life that was his life during his ministry his three years at the end of his life as a human being he was gifted with a personality that went along with his being our savior in Matthew 11 I'm going to have us look at this 11 28 through 30 For he said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Mind you, he was not meek as in the sense of weak. He was meek in terms of his disposition towards his fellow man and that he was uh, a servant a slave if you will a waiter on tables to use the term for deacons that he gave to himself on one occasion when he said uh, that uh, the son of man came not to be ministered unto but to minister and to give his life as a ransom for many this is the kind of savior that we have in Jesus Christ. He was someone who was approachable, not like some, even in the ecclesiastical uh, setting of the church, uh, that you feel like you can't approach because, like, they're too high up there, you know, or whatever, you know, uh, maybe exuding uh, that uh, that authority in, in in such a manner that uh, you you feel that you you can't get near him. You can get near Jesus any time. In fact, the Bible says we are to come boldly to the throne of grace. And the only way we can come to the throne of grace is through Jesus. And make known our need for his mercy and his grace in time of need, which is always now. Have you considered Jesus for yourself, who suffered so from the very beginning of his life as a little baby to become God's savior from sin? Second, the manger is a pointer to show the shepherds where Jesus was born. Again, Luke 2, 12. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. A sign. The word sign is a pointer like a street sign. It could be a miracle, which points to the authenticity of those representatives who perform those miracles in speaking behalf of God, such as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when he performed miracles and then preached the gospel of the kingdom. We have GPS, Global Positioning System, right, today? Big time. And CCTV, they have that, especially in China. I, I watch a, a, a documentary channel of China for years, and they always talk about CCTV. And then I looked it up, and it means closed circuit TV. And they can find out anything about anyone that's in China and where they're at. If you're, if you're on, the, on the Great Wall of China or if you're in Beijing, it doesn't matter. We have the capability of locating any person on the face of this planet. Think about that. And yet the shepherds didn't have that. 
poor shepherds. Not really. You know why? They had something better. They had an angel or angels to tell them where to find the Lord. <laughs> That's even one better. Swaddling clothes won't help find the Christ child, by the way. Why? Because every Jewish newborn babe, baby is wrapped in them. And what these are are strips of cloth, like bandages that are wrapped around the arms and legs to keep them straight and also to keep the baby warm. But how many babies were born, are born in a manger back then? One in a million? They were told this baby was of heavenly origin. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The term Lord immediately puts that, puts him in the category of God. Actually, contrary to popular opinion, this baby was, is God. You know, the cults of today deny the deity of Christ, such as the JWs who believe that now, this is their newest uh, doctrine, that Jesus is really the angel, uh, Archangel Michael. No, he was not of angelic origin. He was of flesh and blood after the seed of Abraham. And that is what is needed because in order to save us who are human from our sins, from our sinfulness and from our sins, we need someone who becomes man like us to accomplish that, and that is Jesus Christ. Matthew 1, 23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. This is the other name given to Joseph for his soon adopted son, Jesus. The first being his name Jesus, which means Savior. Emmanuel, God with us. There is info that King Herod learned from the scriptures through the ones that were good at finding out those things, but who were sadly not all that interested in knowing more about this phenomena of, of the king of the Jews being born into the land. But it says in Matthew 2, 4 through 8, and I'm going to turn us to it. Matthew 2, 4 through 8. And when he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people, Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when, thou have, when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Yep, right. <laughs> we know what he was after. He was after, his, he was after blood, even the blood of the Son of God. Now, Matthew did not include something very significant that was from the prophet that he referred to earlier. 
the prophet Micah. So you have to turn to Micah 5.2. So I turn us to it, Micah 5.2. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. This was not any ordinary governor or not any ordinary ruler in Israel. This one who has, this one of whom the prophet Micah speaks has roots that go further back than that into eternity past, into heaven, the third heaven. That's where he's from. According to Luke his genealogy of Jesus. It says, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. This is not the adopted sons and daughters of God that is being referred to here, but the natural son of God, as our Heidelberg Catechism question describes our Lord Jesus, the one who is the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is called the second Adam, or man. Adam means man. Where the first Adam failed by his disobedience to the law of God, the second Adam prevailed through the perfect obedience of that very law which we have abrogated in thought, word, and deed. And through the perfect offering of himself, because he was sinless, on the cross of Calvary, for his people's sins and with his resurrection from the dead, we have obtained eternal redemption. He has obtained eternal redemption for us. That is the only way. That is the only way. And all who put their faith and trust in him rise to newness of life with his resurrection and with the work of the Spirit in salvation and regeneration. Consider the odds of finding a baby in a manger in the middle of the night. It's like finding a needle in the haystack, as the saying goes. But as we know, with God, all things are possible, especially if God is leading you to meet Jesus for the first time. Like I said in verse 15 of our passage, Luke 2. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Has the Lord made known? to you himself in your heart. Lastly, the manger signifies the very purpose why Jesus was born. Jesus' nativity was not intended by the inspired human writers of scripture to sweeten or to color the story of Christmas. This is not their intent at all, although it is a wonderful, wonderful contemplation, especially the birth of 
child. There's nothing more uh, promising of hope than that. Can I, can I say that? Uh, by, the, by the coming of life, by bringing of life into this world. But the purpose of the manger is to display what is to be his coming to die on the cross, as I've already said. In Hebrews 10, it speaks about how uh, he said, quoting the Old Testament, our Lord was said to have said, Sacrifice and offerings thou wouldst not, but a body hast thou prepared me, Father. Then said I, Lo, I come, meaning I go. In the volume of the book it is written on me, To do thy will, O God. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. This is in Hebrews 10, 5 through 10. You can look it up. Write it down and look it up. So in other words, his very body was one that he delighted to take on to his divine nature, to his divine being, so that he would have two natures, and thus become the God-man. Phenomena that has never been ever thought about nor conceived until this time. That little baby laid in the manger would himself be a sign for the fall and rising again, not only of Israel as was prophesied by one prophet upon his dedication at the temple. Not just for Israel, but for all the world. For all that would ever live throughout history until the end of time. As what we sang earlier. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Pleases man with men to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. Harp, the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. He would lay aside his glory and the worship of the angels for a time that he might become man and make himself of no reputation, and taking also upon him the form of a slave, and being found in fashion as a man, he would humble himself and become obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So said Paul in Philippians 2. The Father would exalt him back to his glory, and one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the one that very few are willing to acknowledge now. That only shepherds, shepherds, went to worship. Where were the rest of Israel to receive into this world their Yahweh, their Jehovah, their Lord? No. His, his coming into this world was most inconspicuous and insignificant in the eyes of this world. Have you confessed Jesus as your Lord? Have you bowed the knee of love and faith and adoration before him in worship? In conclusion, when the angels returned to heaven, what do you think the shepherds did? I think you'll remember from what I read. 
I hope you do. I hope you don't have senior moments like, like me and, and forget something that you just heard. <laughs> they, did they go back to their shepherding? Uh, did they go back to sleep? Don't you believe it? It says, as I've already read, that as soon as those angels hightailed back to glory, the shepherds said one another, let's make a beeline for wherever this manger is right now. And I'm sure they had help because there was a star involved in this uh, instance that uh, would be used uh, in another story that will be told at another time. The three wise men. They came to the Lord Jesus. It says that they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And as I said, they worshipped him. And we know that because in verse 20, it says that the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. So why were they not glorifying and praising God upon their seeing the Christ child, the babe, the son of Mary? And then they witnessed as well to others about their newfound faith in verse 17. And when it had been seen, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. In other words, they couldn't hold it back. It's like having something that you really, really are just so excited about, something that really uh, enthralls your, your heart and mind that you can't help but tell about. They told about what they saw because there's something truly heavenly and divine about this whole evening of their encounter with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Like that hymn, I will not sing to you, but uh, we'll, we'll recite. O come, all ye faithful. O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come ye, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. My last question to you is, is this you? And I don't mean singing this hymn like, you know, it's sung by everyone, including people who are unbelievers, who are dead in trespasses and sins, but as those who have been risen unto newness of life in the image of Christ and who are walking with the Lamb. Is this you? Shall we pray? Father in heaven, thank you for this meditation upon your birth. Indeed, a hallmark, an epoch, event in the history of redemption, bar none. Your coming into this world is the highlight of all of history. And Lord, let others differ with us. Let others rewrite history to say whatever they want. But Lord, finally, it will still come out as his story, history, meaning the story of the Son of God who loved us gave himself for us. And for this, we give you all the thanks and praise that we can muster up from our hearts and ask that this entire day would be dedicated to you because it is your day. It has been your day every week, every, every day of, uh, of uh, the week uh, throughout the entirety of our lives and will be until we meet you. But also, Lord, on top of that, it is our recalling something that is very, very special because you are a special child, even as you are a royal child, and even as you are a divine child born into this world at this particular time 
in history. Thank you, Lord. Thank you in your holy and precious name, Jesus Christ.